Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week, we're going to take a look at a journal article reviewed by one of our senior residents, Dr. Alan Guinea. Now, Alan is one of our PGY4s, and he is the mind behind many of our fantastic procedure videos, which if you haven't seen, you should definitely check out. The article in question is by Gitano et al., The Benefit of Paracentesis on Hospitalized Adults with Cirrhosis and Ascites. This was in the Journal of Gastroenterology and Hepatology in 2016. I admit that this is not a journal I review regularly, but this particular article was brought to our attention by one of our senior faculty members, Bob Hoffman. Let's begin with a little bit of background. Ascites is the most common complication of liver cirrhosis, an infection of that abdominal fluid, the spontaneous bacterial peritonitis, or SBP, is pretty common. It's reported in up to 10 to 30% of hospitalized patients with ascites, and it's also deadly. The mortality rate can be up to 10%. SBP can be diagnosed by analysis of the acidic fluid obtained by a simple bedside diagnostic paracentesis. This procedure is well within the scope of any emergency medicine physician, as well as most providers that work in the ED. Given this, there are several consensus guidelines that recommend that all patients with cirrhosis and ascites admitted to the hospital should undergo an abdominal paracentesis at the time of admission in order to rule out SBP. Despite the general acceptance of this recommendation, it's not always the standard care that we see practiced. These authors asked a very simple clinical question. Does the performance of diagnostic paracentesis on patients admitted to the hospital with cirrhosis and ascites affect in-hospital mortality? The group looked via a retrospective chart review at all adults who were admitted to the hospital and compared those who had a paracentesis during the hospitalization to those who did not. The primary outcome here was mortality during that index hospitalization. They collected about 32,000 patients meeting their inclusion criteria and found that about half of those had a paracentesis done. The mortality rate was 6.3% in the group that had a paracentesis versus 8.9% in those that did not. That gave an odds ratio of 1.83, a pretty clear association with increased mortality if the patient did not get a paracentesis. Now, they also found that early paracentesis had a trend towards reduced mortality, as well as an association with a shorter length of stay in the patients who had SBP and also had that early paracentesis. This study was by no means perfect. It's got some important weaknesses. It was retrospective, which means that we may have missed some patients, and there's no randomization. It's unclear why certain patients had the procedure and others did not, and that may bias our outcomes. Additionally, all we can show with this study is correlation and not causation. Let's take this information to the bedside. How do we apply this in the clinical setting? The main thing I worry about here is that I miss a patient with SBP where I have an intervention, antibiotics, that can change the outcome. We typically think of SBP in patients who have abdominal pain, fever, and increasing ascites or abdominal girth. But like many other triads, most patients won't present with all three of these. In fact, any one of them in the setting of a patient with ascites should prompt us to tap the patient. Despite this, I frequently hear excuses or reasons not to tap. This is a simple procedure that all EM providers should be able to perform. We're not talking here about the large volume paracentesis, which can take hours, and equipment that we may not stock in our ED. We're simply talking about a diagnostic paracentesis. This should take no more than 10 minutes to perform once you've got your equipment, and honestly, it can be performed with an 18 or 20-gauge angiocath, a couple of 10cc syringes, some chlorhexidine, and some sterile gloves. An elevated INR or low platelets shouldn't stop you from doing this procedure. 
There's a couple of papers on this topic, and we'll drop a link to a review on this topic from Sinai EM in the show notes. The other excuse I often hear is that we can defer the tap to the inpatient team. The problem here is that not all internists are comfortable with the procedures, and most internal medicine trainees, at least where I've worked, are not either. And so they have to wait for somebody else to come and help them with this procedure, which means that it's going to meet significant delays. The patient's not going to have that tap done early. Honestly, in most patients, it's easier to do a paracentesis than it is to start an IV. Based on this article as well as others, providers should strongly consider doing a diagnostic paracentesis in all patients with ascites who are being admitted to the hospital, and that should be done in the emergency department. The only patients I would avoid doing this procedure on are those who have a small or difficult-to-access fluid collection. Otherwise, I'm going to go for it. Now, what are we looking for on the tap? The most important test for spontaneous bacterial peritonitis is a cell count, and we're looking for a total white blood count over 500 or a PMN count over 250. If either of those is present, we should treat with a third-generation cephalosporin, something like ceftriaxone or cefetaxime, and then additionally, all patients with SBP should be considered for large-volume albumin infusions. This is not something that I was routinely doing, but Rick Pescatore has a great review on Rebel EM. We'll drop a link to that in the show notes, talking about why this is beneficial. The short and the long of it is that an albumin infusion in SBP patients was found to have a 25% absolute reduction in renal failure and a 20% reduction in mortality. All right, let's hit some take-home points before we wrap up. SBP is a difficult diagnosis to make clinically. While patients may have the triad of fever, abdominal pain, and increasing ascites, they're far more likely to only have one or two of these symptoms. In patients admitted to the hospital with ascites, consider performing a diagnostic paracentesis on all patients as there's limited literature showing an association with decreased mortality and the procedure is simple and low risk. Finally, once you get that fluid, focus on the cell count. WBC over 500 or a PMN count over 250 should prompt treatment with a third generation cephalosporin and an albumin infusion. That's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.